0: Shock Sports Radio starts now. If Jason Tatum did not miss nine games, Jason Tatum would have been the number one pick in this draft. This guy had the knack, the ability to free his own shot. I-, I think Pritchard was asking too much, Danny wasn't willing to give up, and that's just the way it goes. As a GM, your responsibility is to get the best offer out there. Yeah, that's my point though. I think he's trying to, you know, look at his career as a whole and say, I don't want to go 3-9. Welcome to Week 19, counting Week 19 of Shark Sports Radio. Alongside of me is Andrew Gifford. He goes by Giffy. And it's yours truly, Mark Laisel Jr., a.k.a. Shark, right here in the Ocean State. What's going on, Giff? What's
1: going on, man?
0: Nah, just had a bad experience last night, which we'll, we'll definitely get into. And, um, you know, as always, listeners, uh, we definitely appreciate you taking the time jumping into the tank. Uh, it's definitely a sad time at the Shark residence um, at the Celtics. You know, obviously we're eliminated by the Miami Heat from the 2020 NBA playoffs. and uh, But it, it's time to figure out what went wrong as well as we'll get down to, you know, the Lakers' dim- dismantle of the Nuggets' hope of, you know, making their first NBA championship as well as week four of the NFL is on the doorstep of, of uh, arriving. And so we will also recap week three and we will get into some picks. Plus, on top of that GIF. We also have a new segment. It's called That's oh, BS.
1: Oh, snap. Oh, yes. We Two have... That to the ball game.
0: <laughs> it's called That's BS. And it's where GIF and I pick and choose sports topics to give you our true opinions on how we truly feel about the topic. And this segment was recycled by my crew. The Sports Blast, shout out to them on ESPN New Hampshire. So kind of just took it over. And trust me, the BS... Speaks for itself. And it um,
1: smells and it smells. It's awful. Dying. It
0: smells disgusting. Um, so without further ado, uh, let's get into it. Gif. Um, as I said, as I mentioned, uh, you know we have NFL Week Three. Um, what a surprising week it was. I would say there are definitely teams that are good, and there's definitely teams that need a lot of work right? Um, Just to talk about your Green Bay Packers, I think specifically uh, with Devontae Adams, if you want to get into that.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I'm I'm a Packers fan and and there's no shock that, you know, I let off the show sheet with takeaways from week three about the Packers. So, um, you know, go Pack, go. Got to get the green and gold represented. So um, just to lead off, um, good win uh, for the Packers on Sunday night. Now, obviously, you know, uh, going to New Orleans is, is a is a loud place to play. It's it's a it's a hard place to play, but you know you take the fans out of it, and everybody's on a level playing field. You just got to get on a plane to get there, but for the most part, everything is on a on a level playing field. Um No Devontae Adams for the Packers, uh, so going into it, um, and and the line ended up settling at about three points. Three, the New Orleans Saints being um favored by 3 points which was a little quizzical to me only because and, and maybe the the loss of Michael Thomas for the game kind of uh even things out a bit but I thought it was going to be a little bit more just because they've struggled without Devontae Adams in the past. Um he is, you know, probably half of their their receiving yards as a team has always been, you know, Devontae Adams or at least a, a solid uh third of it. But honestly, great win by the Packers. Um it, but you know like i said last week i mean the team has just been kind of the same as last year their red zone play calling was was quizzical at best they let up a uh, uh you know a late touchdown pass uh early in the in, or excuse me late in the second quarter um you know so the and again defense opportunistic but still can't stop the run uh they, they can't stop any running backs who are who are worth their you know worth their salt and kamar definitely had a ball game i think he had close to like 160 170 uh you know all-purpose yards and uh, but you know listen uh aaron Rodgers made chicken salad out of chicken you know what last night because devontae adams wasn't in the lineup um alan Lazard had a ball game last night i think he had like six or seven catches for about a buck 70 fancy um,
0: pickup yep fancy yeah. pickup right there
1: yep for sure and, and honestly like if anybody a couple people uh, asked me last week, they were just like, hey, with Devontae, who do you get? I'm like, honestly, go after Lazard, because I think he's, he's he's the guy who's as similar to Devontae as as they have. You know, big body, can get down the field, you know, still pretty quick, pretty decent hands. Um, and it was funny, I was texting somebody during the game, I was like, oh, hard without Devontae, and as soon as I hit the send button on my text message, that's when that 70-yard bomb went downfield, and they got down to the two or three-yard line. So Coincidentally, um, yeah. Yeah, no kidding. It was literally as soon as I hit the send button, it was just like, oh, the ball's up in the air and Lazard's are wide open. Um, so good win by the Packers, um, and, and you know, a couple of quizzical calls from from New Orleans, and that kind of leads into one of my "that's BS" topics uh, later on down the line. But good win by the Packers. Uh, still, you know, still can't stop the run. Still can't, you know, stop any sort of uh, a quick, fast, um, you know, running backs. But to go on the, you know, go on the road for a, you know, what everybody. Thought at the beginning of the season was going to be a pretty decent, um, you know, uh, Super Bowl pick coming out of the NFC. Still a good win, and then um, listen, Aaron Rodgers is a bad man. I, you know, I, I, if anything, what they got in the first round by picking up Jordan Love, they basically bought a chip to go on Aaron Rodgers' shoulder. They For just sure did. Yeah. And, and, and if anything, if Jordan Love's you know flames out or whatever. You know, maybe they lit a fire under Rogers' ass, and and, and he's, he's been playing lights out. So good win, um, still still some holes, but you know, good win overall. Especially if, you know later on in the season when it comes to tiebreaker time. Say, for instance, if they're you know in the in the running for uh, for home field or something like that, definitely a good win to get that early.
0: Yeah, I think I think it was definitely a strategy from you know the Green Bay Packers' perspective. Why not put you know fire under the guy's ass and you know start playing some some quality football. Um, You know, I think Devontae Adams, you know, the loss of him is not going to be long um, as it was, you know, years past. Right. So I think Aaron Jones, you know, I think I think Aaron Rodgers has enough to definitely get by week to week. I think that's for sure. Um, Drew Brees, on the other hand, uh, for some reason, he just he really can't as well as he played last night. You can just see that without Michael Thomas. He just doesn't have the ability as, as he would. Right. So, you know, I I love Alvin Kamara coming out of the backfield, catching passes. That's what he does best. Um, But he definitely needs more weapons. And I don't know if the saints can, can last uh, another week without Michael Thomas. So, um, but we'll see. I, it's a long season, obviously, but um, a team that I really want to get to give is the Buffalo Bills. You know, Every year, you, they're always kind of in the mix, and you're always like, "Yeah, they'll make a run at it with the AFC East." I, I think over the course of this year, of this offseason, I would say, is when the door opened immensely for them. You know, they saw Tom Brady out. All these teams in the AFC East, you know, they know that Miami is like a couple of years away, you know, from being that quality playoff team. You know, the New York Jets, they are what they are. They're terrible. They
1: stick. They're, they're awful.
0: Atrocious. I from top to bottom, they're head coaching. And if I may vent a little bit on Adam Gase, you signed up Adam Gase Jets. You guys signed him up, and he did a crap job in Miami. So it doesn't surprise me where he's at. But I, I will say that they have a couple of talented guys on that roster, but they don't have much, and uh, the front office better be, you know, kind of shaky right now um, w- with the start that they've had. But the, going back to the Bills, man, Josh Allen just continues to prove people wrong, and I, I'm one of them. I, I thought he was a good quality quarterback, but you know, never could really get over the top, right? Um, but his long ball, Stefan Diggs, has helped this guy so much. Um, he's sharing the rock with his running backs you know, Devin Singletary having a hell of a game last, last week, this past week. So if the Bills continue to be defensively sound week in and week out, get their sacks, get their touches on the quarterback, put pressure on the quarterback, man, you can just, you can just pack it away because Allen is on fire right now. He's hitting on all cylinders and he's looking untouchable in the pocket. Even when he gets out of the pocket, even he's more explosive. He kind of reminds me of like you know, old school Cam Newton when, you know, killer Cam was was the guy with, uh, you know, Carolina. We're seeing it a little bit in New England. But my point is, when he won MVP that year, he was doing what Josh Allen's doing this year. So that's just a comparison that comes to my eyes every time I see Josh Allen play. So, um, you know, I think he'll keep improving, keep, uh, keep progressing. He's just a really good quarterback for the Buffalo Bills right now. And they look unstoppable.
1: Well, and, and the thing with him it was always um it, it was his accuracy, um, and it was his you know, just, just that getting over the hump for Buffalo because it feels like, you know, for the past two or three years they've always been either the dark horse in the AFC or even when you know last couple of years where Brady was in New England, it was always like, All right, well and, and Buffalo was always a team that was all right, they can win the division if there was always a big if after it. Um and, and Josh Allen has definitely been one of those if, like, if he can, you know, find his game, if he can be a little bit more accurate. And and two things about that Bills game. Number one is that when you're Buffalo and you have a team like the Rams at home, and, and I know Buffalo, again, it, it, it's a tough place to play. You know, the, the, the team is, is or excuse me, the, the fans are always, you know, hopped up and, and, and they're going through tables. For the Bills game. Mafia. It, yeah. Yeah. And it's always an insane atmosphere. But had a big lead, let it up. And then I feel like the 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 Bills teams of the years past, they would have lost that game. Somehow they would have they would have tanked, or Allen would have thrown a late pick, or, or whatever it was. But they came back and they won the game that they were technically really supposed to win at home. I think it's a big step, especially for a young team like them. Like you don't know how can you how you can perform. big game or big time situations until you're in it right so they let up a big lead let up like a 20 25 point lead i forgot what it was and then they came back and they won the game which is very important for them and especially developing into a team when you get into december january you know having those reps and having those um you know those times those nut cutting times where they actually performed and they did pretty well just to look at you know stats wise obviously Aaron Rodgers has has been lights out so far, right? But just to compare the stats, and they've actually played pretty similar uh, competition when it comes to that. So right now, Aaron Rodgers, so far this year, 887 passing yards, nine touchdowns, zero interceptions, which, and everyone's on Aaron Rodgers for early MVP or whatever it is. And again, those are amazing stats. But if you actually take a look at Josh Allen, so far this year for him, 1,038 passing yards, 10 touchdowns, one pick. Like, that's, you know, that again, you only play the competition that's in front of you. But when you're on the, the level of production, specifically on par with Aaron Rodgers and kind of surpassing him in a couple of categories, the Bills are nothing to mess with, man. I, I think they, you know, I picked them last week to, to come out of the East only because they have the harder games at home. Yes. But uh, yeah, man, they're, um, yeah, I, I think they're definitely, you know, again, week three to say they're for real. Who knows, but they they kind of passed one hump of let a big lead get past them, came back, won the game they were supposed to. You know, I think they're definitely on the right path.
0: Right, and, I mean, they're heading into a quarter of the season. So, you know, I think, you know, for now at least, you know, the noise that they're making, Stephon Diggs has a lot to do with that. So, um, Giff, let's get into some of the collapses recently, right? I mean, you look at Atlanta, right? My goodness, that, you know that's one thing that I'm going to be talking about on DesBS. That's, that's one of my topics. So I don't want to you know get too into it. But I will just say they got to learn to close out games because this oh, is gee, just – Do you think? That, this, this is, it's unbelievable, this kind of run that they're having. But um, the team that they played, though, let's talk about that team and the huge investment that they made and the fact that Trubinsky – you know, Trubisky gets benched for Nick Foles. And, again, you look at the heir apparent to Carson Wentz was Nick Foles when he got injured, right? So, when Nick Foles came in, butterflies started happening, right? Magic started happening with the Eagles. You can kind of get the sense with Chicago right now and Matt Nagy in that offense. My goodness. They are just in in a good position to be in. And and obviously their, you know, their uh, schedule hasn't been the hardest, right? But just to say, you know, Atlanta, you got to come with something, right? Like defense-wise, Chicago, you know, didn't really play that well. They didn't. Calvin Ridley had his own, right? And you had, you know, a backup running back, uh, Hill taking in for six, but... Over over the course of the game, it's just important to to stay composed. And at the end of the day, if you can throw the rock and get guys that are seamlessly open, my goodness, Chicago's Chicago Bears wide receivers were open downfield almost the entire game. So I I don't know what's going on with Atlanta. I really don't. Um, but like I said, I want to save her for thats BS. But if you want to just touch upon Chicago, because you know them fairly well in your division.
1: Well, I, I, for Atlanta, um, I mean, this is the ghost of Bill Belichick, right? I mean, look, you you look at, <clears throat> obviously you're up 28-3 in the Super Bowl. You lose it. Um, and, and for that type of kind of collapse in the Super Bowl, teams either get past it, or they let that define them. Good example of that was the the, the Pats Super Bowl against the Eagles gets smoked. I mean they threw through for five hundred yards, whatever it was, but that that wasn't competitive in the second half. Not at all. What did, what did the Pats go back and do? They come back and they end up, you know, winning two Super Bowls after that. But then you look at Atlanta, you know, obviously they're up twenty eight to three. All they've been doing is just collapse after collapse after disappointment after disappointment. Um, two things quickly on Atlanta. One, um, Dan Quinn has to have some compromising video or footage or, or pictures of Arthur Blank. That's the only reason why I can even fathom that he has a job right now. I don't understand. Is Arthur Blank still there? Does he watch the games? Does he see how his team reacts when, when they're up and they have collabs after right. collabs? Right. I, I don't understand what he's looking at as an owner. I really don't. And secondly, how crazy is it? If Matt Ryan wins that Super Bowl, just just for for ha-has, he has as many Super Bowls as Aaron Rodgers. He has as many Super Bowls as Drew Brees.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He's, he's always been top ten as far as you know passing yards, uh, production. He's always been considered a, a top you know upper echelon quarterback. If he closes out that game, and and they run the ball, when not on third and nine, not any strip sacks, not any sacks, you know, taking them out of field goal range, any of that. Right, yeah. he's, he's probably considered one of one of the better quarterbacks, um, not only in the league, but also all time. If you look at his stats and you look at his numbers and he's got a Super Bowl under his belt, like, honestly, like, he wins that Super Bowl. He's got one more Super Bowl than Dan Marino, and Dan Marino's one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. So it's funny how those things impact, not only when you look at things historically, but how your team performs moving forward. And I, I the fact that, that Dan Quinn still has a job, I... I, I it 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 blows me away, but you know that's enough about that stink back team.
0: Well, uh, yeah, I was just gonna say let's, let's save it for that BS, and plus we got some intriguing matchups coming up. But sure. I I will say the the Pats game or Raiders game, we we want to definitely break that down a little bit because my my goodness, does John Gruden not have an answer for the New England Patriots offensively or defensively? It just seems like. The Patriots are well-prepared every single game against Bill Belichick and this team. And over time, I'm telling you right now, over time, just Bill Belichick prepares better than anyone. Better than anyone. And John Gruden just felt helpless. He's like, wow, they're killing my weakness. And their weakness was what? When you you can run the ball that amount of times and that successful you are going to get demolished, because if you can't stop the run, you will not be able to stop Cam Newton as well, so over time, when I look at the course of the game, and I saw John Gruden just, oh, here we go again, right, like, you know, you gotta be kidding me, the tuck rule even, the the fumble, you know, the, the fumble was huge, right, Um, you know, we, we talked about that in past time, and I I think the ghost is still there. It really is for John Gruden. It's like, oh, Gillette, the Patriots. It's just, how do we get over this battle, internal battle? And John Gruden, man, I I just feel bad. You know, Chucky didn't have his way on Sunday. And you could just see that he was just hopeless. He was like, what do we got to do to beat the Patriots? And... I'm telling you right now, Bill Belichick has every answer for any question or any objective that John Gruden throws at him. So, like I said, over the course of the game, you just got to understand that your weakness is going to become even weaker. That's the mentality you have to have coming into a game if you're John Gruden, where you got to you gotta stop the run. I mean, Rex Burkhead had, you know, how many all-purpose yards and he had like three touchdowns, Correct. And then you had Sony Michelle running all over the place. You had J.J., um, sorry, uh, P.J. Taylor, you know, coming out of the backfield. They couldn't stop any of those backs. And it was just surprising to me. I, I thought they would be more well-prepared coming off a huge Saints victory. You know, they didn't have Michael Thomas, but still, anytime you beat the Saints in that, you know, equipped defense, I think over the course of the game, you kind of understand, like, wow, we, we, we really can't get over these obstacles over, you know, 60 minutes. And over time, you know, I, I, like I said, I, I just think it's just consequently bad for, you know, John Gruden to, to go up against the Patriots in Gillette. It's just going to turn out bad every single time, Jeff.
1: Yeah, and, and it, it's funny because um, at the end of that first quarter was 3-0 Raiders. Yeah. Like, like literally the Pats didn't score a point in the first quarter. And then they finished up with uh, 13 points in the second quarter, 10 points in the third, and then 13 in the fourth. Um, Cam did not look particularly well in the first quarter. He was missing throws.
0: The red zone offense was terrible, Gav.
1: Yeah, so, like, he, he didn't look good in the, in the first quarter, and then he kind of picked it up in, in, in the second, third, or fourth quarter. Right, But, um, look, man, like, you, that Pat's offense is, it's Stellar. hard because, just yeah, and, and, and they've taken on they've taken on the identity of Cam Newton, and and for a guy who was there for a month or whatever it was, you know, before you know the season started, they've really taken on his identity, and you know, like it, it, it's amazing to me with Josh McDaniels and, and with Belichick how easily and seamless of a transition that it's been for their offense. I mean, look, not everybody's not going to be a, you know running at a hundred percent clip. In week three, given no, you know, really no offseason and no preseason games and what have you. But right. they've really, they really taken Cam's identity, and they're using Burkhead out of the backfield more. He looked like an absolute animal yesterday. And honestly, like, if you take a look at their at their receiving stats, I mean, Burkhead at 7 for 49. Nikhil Harry, 2 for 34. Edelman, two for 23. If you look at years past, you look at the receiving numbers of the Patriots and they put up those types of numbers, you're like, oh, how much do they lose by? (laughs) No, not really. So no big deal. They just rushed for, you know, 250 yards and and just went up and down the field running the ball. So, um, you know, again, they're a tough out. Um, They still defensively don't look great. Um, Obviously coming off the week last week where Russell Wilson you know, sliced and diced them and they still almost they were one yard away from winning that game. So honestly, like they're they're looking good right now. Um and you know, like I said, it's camp And this that goes into my other, you know, BS point uh later on down the line. So I won't get too much into it. But you know, they're they're looking good and and honestly a Raider team coming off of a good win against um you know against uh you know New Orleans last week and they just made up look, you know, not even on the same field for them. So you know, hats off, and it'll be interesting to see when the pass are up to par, um, and they're running a full clip. What they actually can can achieve.
0: Right, and uh, so so with that being said, we'll we'll run down the unde, undefeated teams, and we'll go through the winless teams, and we'll we'll talk about which team may be able to come back from their their largest deficit, um, and then we'll get into week four picks. So, uh, very briefly, the undefeated teams. I'll run them down: Green Bay Packers. Chicago Bears, Seattle Seahawks, Tennessee Titans, Pittsburgh Steelers, and then obviously, as as you made note here, you know you either got the Chiefs or the Bull, uh, or the Ravens tonight. So, um, and then winless, you know you got Minnesota Giants, uh, Eagles, Bengals, Jets, Broncos, Texans. I'm laughing right now because I mentioned how bad Philly has been, and they were at expectations, right? That was my prediction going into this week as well, is when does Carson Wentz step up? And you saw it. He just didn't feel comfortable out there. I don't know why. I don't know where. um, And I honestly don't know how because, you know, they have a good offensive line. And and don't give me that they don't have enough weapons, okay? I'm just – nobody has enough weapons. Look look at Drew Brees and the Saints. Look at Packers – Green Bay okay at least at least they have a good quarterback Carson Wentz I'm sorry he's just becoming not a good quarterback and he's not putting himself in a position to win the ball game he's turning over the ball he's holding on to the football and getting sacked he's not communicating with his running backs right blocking schemes like that's all important the leadership quality for Carson Wentz it's vital to their success and if Carson Wentz continues to play like this, man, that investment, that investment is so huge, money-wise and picks-wise, so I just think Philly at this point, I feel bad for them, I really do, because they, they just don't have it, and you know, like you said, Peterson's a good coach, he really is, but man, they just don't have it this year, and I I can't, I can't pinpoint why, they're, in, they're not in a tough division, they're not, they got Washington, and they got New York, and Dallas is always up and down. They might get to 10-6, 5 at the end of the year, but you can put yourself in that argument. But I'll tell you what, Philly, man, they're tough tough to watch this year, especially against the Bengals. you got to beat yeah, the Bengals.
1: And, yeah, and, and and we'll see. Because, um, again, it, it's it's certain decisions during the year that can uh, help or hurt your momentum as a, uh, as a team. And I think that... Um, Peterson not going for the sixty-three yard kick with I think Elliott's the kicker who's got a pretty he's got a missile on his leg and, and, and I think he could at least give it a shot to punt specifically when you're tied it it, it sends a message to your fan defeated. base says yeah it sends defeated. a message to your fan base and your team that you're okay with tying uh, in this in this sense and honestly like you know Philly uh, Philly fans and Boston fans and New York fans you know we're all begrudgingly uh, maybe over a couple of drinks, we'll we'll actually acknowledge this point. But we would rather um, see you go for a win and try to win a game versus just punting to tie. And, and, and specifically against the Bengals, like, all right, if you're if you're going for a tie against Seattle or Green Bay or you know uh, you know Los Angeles Rams or any Kansas City Chiefs or whoever else, if you're playing for a tie then maybe you can try and justify it. But when you're kicking and you're punting to tie against the Bengals of all teams, like, come on, man. Like, you you at least got to show some more faith in your team than
0: that. But Um, you you know what the irony is, Giff? Is Donovan McNabb witnessed a tie with uh, the Bengals back when he was playing. That was their 2nd all full-time tie between the Eagles and Bengals. Like, that's that's just bad. That's bad.
1: And by the way, with that whole division – uh, Washington and uh, Dallas are tied for the NFC East lead, both at one and two. That's just funny to me. No, so, it is. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, so go briefly to the undefeated teams and the uh, and the winless teams. Um, okay, I know Pittsburgh had a down year last year. Big Ben got hurt. Doc Hodges is going in there and whatever, uh, you know, uh, bad news bears, quarterbacks they had there, and, and, and still almost made a playoff berth, by the way, because that defense is so dope. But um, honestly, like, can we pump the brakes on Pittsburgh for a second? So their three wins are against the Giants, against Denver, and against Houston. Combined records of those teams right now are O. 0- at nine okay and all the and all three of those games are closed by the way all right so they're going on the road to Tennessee this week let's see what they do there mm-hmm. I know again you only play the teams that are in front of you but pump the brakes a little bit like you know the Steelers are back okay yeah you guys have won three games congratulations but literally the teams that you've played you and I have the same head coach record as all of those coaches that have coached those teams that they've played this year it's Zero. Zero. Okay, yeah. so let's let's relax a little bit and let's kind of see what Pittsburgh does. Um, if, Western-
0: if if I may, give, if I might jump in on on Pittsburgh, I, I will say that their schedule favors them totally. If they were to win the division, it would be this year. You know, just the the fact that they don't have too much difficulty, they really don't. I mean, obviously they played the Titans this week, but. Look at the division. They got the Browns and they got the Bengals. You know, I just think overall Pittsburgh's a way better team than both of those teams. And Cleveland's making their, them, themselves know they really are. But I think just anytime you have Big Ben back there with Mike Tomlin and that good defense, consistent, consistently playing on a top five defense year in and year out. I, I just can't go against Pittsburgh, and so I, I think that's a definitely a, a team to watch. I think you're you're right about it. Let's see what they do against Tennessee, but yeah, I, I think they got a little more work to do. But they're in a favorable division, and their schedule is not as hard as it looks. But yeah,
1: for sure. Um, I, I just, I mean, Pittsburgh fans are the worst. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm a Packers fan, but like any, well, listen, you got you got the Pirates. You got the Penguins, who have been a disappointment for the last four or five years. So I get everybody's all in on the on the Steelers and stuff, but you know, hey, let's pump the brakes a little bit. You know, you haven't played a team with a winning record yet. So, um, and then just quickly on the um, on the winless teams, yep. Um, I I gotta say, I mean, look, the Bengals aren't going to be very good, but man, they're fun to watch. I mean, I, I watched uh, that that Thursday night game. Um, you know, a couple weeks ago with them and, and, and Cleveland. It was Cleveland, a fun yeah. game. And and for as much as as Joe Burrow is running for his life, um, I think the kid's a stud and a blue chipper. And if they can get a line in front of them, and if they can continue to, you know, bring guys in for, for weapons around them, I think they're going to be okay. I, I really do. Um, You know, the fact that he can go on the road at Philly, Doug Peterson helped him with a tie, but it's fine. He didn't lose, so that's fine. Um, take
0: it as it goes.
1: Hey, listen, man. If you're the Bengals, you got to take small wins. You know how you can get them, but Great. you know going on the road at Cleveland and being competitive, and going on the road at Philly and and you know pulling out a tie, I think I think he's going to be all right. So out of those winless teams, I think the Bengals are at least the most most fun to watch. They're they're not going to get um, you know close to a playoff spot, but uh, I think they're definitely fun to watch.
0: Yeah, and to that point, Zach Taylor, though, I just don't think he's the right guy. I know it's early on here, but. I just don't feel comfortable with him, you know, running uh, Joe Burrow under center. I, I wish there was a little more um, intricacies in, in the offense, you know, a lot more, um, you know, as you get into schematic approaches. Like you have a ton of weapons on that offense, and you gotta you gotta make the most of it. And sometimes they don't, you know, their questionable third down calls. Um, you know, you have Joe Burrow run the ball a ton and the reason why he is is because that offensive line is just not good, but that's how your quarterback gets hurt. So, I mean, I get it. You got to run away from pressure, but also if you're Joe Burrow, just throw the ball away. Like if you want to be, um, you know, successful quarterback moving forward, decision making, which he has done lightly, he doesn't have, he doesn't, he hasn't done it on a consistent basis you know, these first three weeks. We'll see what he does in week four. But I think his decision-making in, in the short runs, in the short passes, I mean, those are smart. But if you're going to take a sack, throw the ball away. Just throw it away. I i, I can count how many times, you know, he's just gotten pressured. And you can just see it. It's just like, oh, here we go again. You know, another top top quarterback going down, you know, with an injury. Right? So, just yep. protect yourself more. Make the right decision. I hope Zach Taylor kind of plants it in his head saying, hey, if it's second and in, second in six and you got the pass starts coming at you, just throw the ball away. Don't take the sack. Just throw it away and deal with the next down. It's on to the next. And that's the mentality yeah. he has to have.
1: I, I agree. Um, also, in the way too early to uh, guarantee spot of, of week three, um, don't be shocked. And, again, this is a complete... Hail Mary sort of a prediction. However, Oklahoma lost this weekend. They might be out of it. Lincoln Riley might be a decent spot for Cincinnati. Yeah. Only because Burrow has, has been used to that kind of college style offense at LSU and he went from sixth, seventh round draft pick all the way to number one in one year under that same kind of, you know, schematic kind of run and gun option, yeah. that sort of thing. So Don't be shocked, and again, it's Cincinnati, and it's it's the right move, and they won't do it. However, don't be shocked if if Bengals don't go after Lincoln Riley, because I feel like that's the perfect matchup for specifically Burrow and Mixon, and even if A.J. Green is there, say they get another speedy wide receiver. And they got Tyler
0: Boyd. Tyler Boyd's been putting up numbers recently.
1: Exactly. So don't be. And again, super hail mary sort of a prediction, but that would actually be a pretty decent landing spot for uh, for Lincoln Riley if he decides to leave college.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, so we'll get into the the week four picks. Um, you know, I, I think Giff and I picked about was it two each? Is that accurate? Yeah. yeah.
1: All
0: right. So I'll give you my pick, uh, my rundown, and then um, you know we'll get we'll get into it. Uh, Falcons at Packers. I'm just going to crap all over the, uh, the the Falcons in this this entire show for for whatever reason they ju- they just can't get it done. Gif they have been getting outscored 50 to 20 in the second half in these last two games. Now Julio Jones has been out. Don't get me wrong; he's an elite receiver, top three at best, right? Um, in my eyes, Calvin Ridley's becoming the guy. He's the show. If he can stay healthy, which Julio hasn't been able to do, I think over time Calvert Ridley will take over the reins and Julio Jones may retire or he may become the second guy. But I I honestly think Calvert Ridley is just he's a gunner. He's a guy that you can count on catching the rock, you know, in stride. But let me tell you, there's no way that Calvin Ridley can do this himself. You're getting outscored 50-20 to in the second half, Jeff. These Packers are going to crap all over this Falcons team. I mean, they're no good. They're no good. And and I will say, the only shot, the only shot that the Falcons have is if they light up the Packers offensively. If they light up the Packers, they got a good shot. But my goodness, their defense, there are so many holes. The, The coaching, just the demeanor of, yeah, let's go out there. We'll just keep going on to the next play, on to the next play. When does it stop? When do you, when do you discuss to yourself, like, oh, maybe we should actually play football for a second half? Like, the consistency standpoint is just awful in Atlanta, and I hope they get it together because they do have a lot of good weapons. But part of me, like you said, Gabe, Dan Quinn deserves to get fired. And we'll get to that in SBS, but I just wanted to make that known that the Packers will demolish, demolish the Falcons.
1: Well, I think maybe their best shot is to get down maybe like 25, you know, 25 points or or (laughs) or down 28 nothing, because they can't hold the lead. So, you know, it it might be better off to them to get it down by three-point touchdowns before they do anything. But, I mean, honestly, like, I, I, you know, look, their offense is still dynamic. Okay. Right, um, Gurley. Gurley has actually been pretty decent for them so far. I thought he was. I thought he was washed up. I thought he was done. Um, he's actually been pretty decent for them. And, and Matt Ryan's putting up stats and points. Like their problem is not scoring. Their problem
0: is closing. Closing. Yes. It's cl- it's closing. So um, I, you
1: know, for as much as you know, everyone's gonna, you know, and again, we've been, you know, shitting all over them uh, for this podcast. But honestly, they like, deserve it. Still,
0: they they're deserve it. a talented
1: it. team. Um and and, and I'm still you know look the Packers defense isn't isn't you know the 85 Bears by any stretch so uh, you know I think it'll definitely be a shootout on Monday night um you know I like the Packers chances going into it but like I said you know it might be better off if they just say hey uh, Packers before the game we're just gonna uh, we're gonna start the game off with you up 28 to
0: 20 from
1: there because us being up obviously hasn't you know done much. Uh, for us but uh yeah, it'll be an inter- interesting game, but we'll see how they how they bounce back and I tell you what if they get blown out on Monday night Dan Quinn they they should have a ticket for him waiting when he gets back into the locker room if if they get blown out because because that's that's a wrap at that point.
0: yeah, watch out for your job. Um, going on to the Cardinals at Panthers
1: yeah, so um I think for the Cardinals um specifically coming off of the uh, you know the first two weeks um, where they looked. Uh, really good, um, went on the road and, uh, and and beat, you know, 49ers team in week one that was, you know, not a mash unit yet. Um, starting out 2-0, Kyler Murray getting a bunch of MVP buzz, um, and then they trip up. They trip up and, and they lose to a team that they weren't supposed to lose to uh, in, in the Detroit Lions. So I think this is an interesting matchup because they go on the road, game at home. Where they were favored, and they were coming off of the, you know, they're coming off of, you know, maybe everybody's starting to pump them up a bit and saying, you know, Kyler's an MVP candidate, and and you know, New Hopkins, you know, looking is, is every bit of New Hopkins as, as he does, um, and then you lose, and then Kyler Murray throws three picks, and all three of those picks were pretty brutal. So I think if you're going to be uh, a team that's going to compete in the NFC West, you got to go on the road and you got to handle business. Um, obviously, without McCaffrey, that's that's a you know big big blow for them um but they've still been frisky so i think if you are a team that is um you know supposed to be competitive and, and again ready to take that leap and be considered as, as one of the you know top uh you know upper echelon teams in the nfc you gotta go on the road and you gotta handle business specifically without mccaffrey i don't think he's gonna play again this week um you, you gotta go in and you gotta handle business it's an interesting matchup to see how they react to it how kyler reacts to it um his body language on the sideline on Sunday was not good. Uh, he just looked, you know, kind of downtrodden, angry, throwing three picks. And, again, everybody has a, an off game every now and then. But right. if you want to be considered one of the good teams in the NFC, you got to go on the road and handle business, specifically going off of kind of a dud that they put up against Detroit.
0: Right. And to the Panthers' point, you know, Mike Davis has stepped in pretty well for Christian McCaffrey so far. So let's see if he continues that, that uphill battle. Um, you know, trying to win over, you know, Carolina to stay, uh, their number one back. Um, I do want to get into the Patriots at Chiefs, um, very briefly. We all know, you know, what the expectations are. Anytime you have New England versus Kansas City, you know, it's always going to be a dogfight battle. Um, and I mean, you talk about the toughness of the schedules. My goodness. You know, Kansas City's got Baltimore this week and they got New England next week. Um, I think this is a wake-up call for the Patriots. And, you know, we, we talk about the hype, you know, how good Cam Newton has been and all of this. You know, when, when you play the Kansas City Chiefs, there's just too many weapons that, you know, they can't go wrong. They can't. You know, they just have too many. You know, McCole Hardman, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. They have a stack full of weapons. They do. If Cam Newton comes down to Kansas City and beats the crap out of Kansas City, that would be the biggest statement, I think, in recent years, right? But I just don't see it. I, I think Cam Newton has a wake-up call. You know, maybe we're not that good against top-level teams. Maybe it's just the schedule. Um, but give credit where credit's due, and you're going to get into it, that's BS. But I just think Kansas City, that that's just um, just a fort waiting to happen, a fight that's going to happen, and I think Kansas City just you know kind of blows them away in the second half. Uh, I call it probably a twenty-one point uh, victory.
1: Yeah, I think you know the Pats have at least the ingredients for the recipe, right? They run the ball, and and the best defense for them, I think, is going to be a really good ball control, you know. 40, 45 rushes. You know, 180, 200, 250 yards. I don't think they'll get 250 because I think Kansas City's defense is a little bit better than than uh, than Las Vegas. But um, they they have the ingredients, and and we'll see if it's close. If if the ball control time is you know, if the Pats control the ball 38, 40, 42 minutes. I think they get a shot. If they're going you know three and out, you know this 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 might be by uh, this game might be stopped by by. Doctor stoppage in the, in the in the third quarter and it might get ugly, so I think if they control the ball for a long you know amount of time, I think they have a shot. But if if the if the possession time is even, yeah, this game gets
0: ugly really It's gonna get over, yeah. Um, so Giff, talk about the Steelers and Titans quick, and then we'll get into some NBA talk.
1: Sure. So, um, Steelers Titans, um, out of the undefeated teams, I think both of these teams um, still smell a little frotty to me um, just because, you know, Tennessee is at a pretty favorable schedule. And like I said, with the, with the Steelers, they're, um, they combined, um, you know, teams that they've gone against have been 0 9. So um, if Pittsburgh is back, this is a game they have to win. And, and I feel like they have to win handily too. You know, if they go in there and, and, and squeak a win out by, you know, last second field goal. Yeah, they're still 4-0, but I think there'll be a bunch of questions there. But if they go in there handle business, and win by 10, 17, 20 points, I think everyone's going to take a look at it and go, okay, all right, maybe the Steelers are back. Um, So I think for both teams, this is a very important game because their their competition has been a little suspect so far. Um, And I think the winner of this game comes out smelling like roses, and and the loser, just basically, you know, everyone's going to have the same questions of, you know, competition. Are they really that good? Um, You know, I think a big, I hope, I hope the Titans get AJ Brown back for this game because um, they haven't had him yet, and I think that's definitely a complimentary piece to Tannehill and to Derrick Henry. So I hope he's back and healthy for this game because I think that right. definitely makes their offense a little bit more dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'll be an interesting game for for both parties because, um, you know, like I said, you know the, the the team coming out of this going going four and zero, they'll be feeling really good, and then yeah, okay, consolation prizes you three and one, but I think people will definitely have some questions as far as the loser coming out of this game.
0: Yeah, and if I may touch up on the Steelers real quick, Eric Ebron is becoming a very viable weapon for Ben Roethlisberger, you know, as well as James Connors tearing it up. I, I feel like you know he's he's just going to be consistent throughout. He might get you know seventy to hundred yards rushing you know every game. Um, but Juju Smith-Schuster is back to where he kind of was, right? You know, Big Ben's back in under center, so he's getting more and more comfortable with him. You know, James Washington, Deontay Johnson. Jaci Johnson, Johnson just got hurt recently, but, you know, I think overall, you know, their offensive weapons, their defense is always consistent. Mike Tomlin has his guys ready to play. Hands down, I agree with you, if the Steelers come out and they trample all over the Titans, my goodness, you have to become a believer. Um, very quickly, the Eagles at 49ers, um, there's not much to say about this game, just to say, if the Philadelphia Eagles lose this game, yeah, I think Doug Peterson's on the hot seat. I agree.
1: Yeah, and I think, just, just think of it this way. So the 49ers only had 40% of their salary cap representing on Sunday. And they still smashed the Giants. I know they're, they're without Saquon, I get it, but you have less than half of your salary cap playing in your game, and you are still smashing guys. Um, Look, I think that's definitely a a kudos to Kyle Shanahan. And and like we said before, you know, if if they make a run at a division title or or they get a wall card uh, based upon that, I mean, he should definitely be considered for coach of the year, you know, bringing up your point last week because they have nobody out there right now. And, 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 you know, obviously Jimmy G's down. Nick Mullins comes in, has a pretty good game. Um, And and they have still guys coming out of the backfield, you know, still still running the ball, still playing 49ers football. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what what Philly does. Um, And and I I just want to see Philly lose for the the Philly Sports Talk Radio. (laughs) Uh, uh, I I can't say the gentleman's name who is the most famous of Philly viral fans. I think everyone else can probably look that up online. But I just want to see them lose for his reaction, to be honest. Oh, I,
0: I t- I'm totally there with you too. And I'll tell you what, the 49ers, they have a culture. They do. And for some reason, every single player on that team is buying into that culture that Kyle Shanahan is developing and installing uh, within these players. And it's just, it's good to see. It is for s- San Francisco. Let's see if they s- maintain that against the Philadelphia Eagles. Only time will tell.